Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Please be advised that Gen X This Is Why contains adult language. I needed to literally be deprogrammed from my English degree. In art class, we're eating paste. Hi, and welcome to Gen X This Is Why, the podcast where we re-examine the sometimes bizarre and often scarring media from our shared childhood. My name is Amy, and I'm a proud Gen Xer born in 1977. And I'm her sister, Jenny, born in 1974. What up, Jen? Oh, you know, shifting gears, context switching like a champion today. <laughs> um, I was telling Jenny that I started at my new company, and I really, I'm really enjoying my new job so far. I've only been there a week, so who knows? It could all go to hell tomorrow. But they are based in Wisconsin, and one of my coworkers is from Chippewa Falls. I forget what that was, why that was a thing. Jack Dawson. Jack Dawson, right. He grew up in Chippewa Falls right. and he fell through the ice. Right, okay. And yeah. that's how he convinced Rose not to kill herself. Right. Yeah, that was a compelling argument. <laughs> um, I also have another bit of Gen X news. Timmy, I don't know, got it in his head the other day. That he had never seen Groundhog Day and wanted to watch it. And I'm like, it's such a great movie. Yes. No, it's not. I mean, not. it was, it's funny. It's okay. It's okay. I mm-hmm. mean, it's not winning any awards or anything. Like, what was he expecting? What were you expecting? I don't know. It's just when you look back on like the whole first half of the movie is him basically trying to sleep with her and try and figure out how to do it. Oh, well, if you, yeah, if you, yeah, I mean... If you if you're starting to look at that kind of thing, then yeah, it's all everything's horrible. Yeah, it's wild. I'm like, who wrote this? Dom Balick? <laughs> right. No, he's he's fired. I think or dead. He's, exec- he's executive story producer. Jenny, oh, is that what excuse he is? you? Okay, excuse you. He's fired right. or dead. <laughs> so we're jumping right in today because Jenny's busy. Like she has a real job or something. Whatever. So today we're looking at Little House on the Prairie, Season 8, Episode 5, A Wiser Heart, which I was calling a wilder heart in all of my notes. The description reads, at the invitation of Eliza Jane, Laura attends a writing seminar in Arizona, but the experience is marred by a rude professor who cuts her down at every turn. Okay, I I had a lot of feelings about this episode, as you can imagine. This is written by Chris Abbott, who I don't know if we've seen before. Directed by Michael Lannan. Directed by Michael Lannan. And then 
So a piece of trivia that I found on the IMDb site about this episode is, quote, at the time this was filmed, Michael Landon had started philandering on his wife (laughs) and the show's makeup art with the show's makeup artist. And Melissa Gilbert had stopped talking to him. So he concocted this script to get back at her. How is this getting back at her? I don't know. You mean where a hot dude wants to bang me? That's getting back at me? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Michael Landon, did I piss you off? Write me a script where Brad Pitt wants to bang me. Go ahead. (laughs) So um, I guess he was saying like a man indecently propositions her married character. Oh, God. Okay. Also... Uh, this is set in 1886, and Ralph Emerson died in 1882. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And how do we know it's set in 1886? Don't even get me started. They're because they're married, all, a, they're married nope, a couple it, years. Right, but it all is contingent on Rose Wilder's birth, who we never hear about here. Did she give birth in? No. I didn't think so. Okay. But Jenny... Last episode or two episodes ago, we found out Laura was pregnant. Doesn't oh, even mention it. I totally forgot about that. Is she pregnant? She supposedly is. Wow. That's right. Because Carolyn was pregnant at the same time, right? Yes. Yes. Wow. Okay. Wow. This is shitty story writing. Wow. All right. We open on Manly. Hey, everybody. I'm reading someone's mail. <laughs> he has like nothing to do anymore. Uh, he's reading a letter and he beelines right for the school because it's Laura's last day. And apparently Eliza Jane has written them a letter. Now, Jenny, she's going to take a summer class at a college in Arizona. Okay. And she would like Laura to take the class as well. So, I feel like Eliza Jane is gently implying that Laura needs some professional development. Which she does. Which Eliza she- Jane is not wrong. So Eliza Jane has even sent the syllabus and basically they're going to be talking about great American male Male writers. writers. Mm -hmm. Mark Twain, Walt Whitman, and Ralph Waldo Emerson will be there to deliver a lecture in person. Now, all of a sudden, Almanzo's acting like he knows who that is. (laughs) Well, he's probably heard her talk about it. And he's so supportive, Jenny. Why is he trying to get rid of her? I don't know. This is the same douchebag who didn't even want her to have a job. Yeah, I know. His character's so inconsistent. Now he's like, hey, I'm enlightened. Like, tra- travel anywhere. Go ahead. Do so. Do whatever you want. Hey, I'm enlightened. Like, what is happening here? I don't know. All right. So she's all excited, and I can't blame her. This sounds like my dream summer oh, class. Okay. I have so many thoughts about that. Oh, my God. And she's like, but we can't afford it. So, of course, Eliza Jane is like, we can teach, like, because you can't enjoy anything. So it's the 1800s. So you can come out here, but you got to work like a fucking dog. (laughs) You have to work on your vacation or whatever it is. And you have to share a room with Eliza Jane. I can think of nothing worse than this. Yeah. Because those beds are small. We get a look at the room. There's one bed. It's tiny. Those beds are tiny then. So she's sleeping snuggled up tight next to Eliza Jane. (laughs) Jenny, imagine your company sends you on a conference and you have to work while you're there. Washing dishes. Usually when I go to a conference for work, I'm working. No, no, no. You have to like wash dishes while you're there to earn your stay. 
Could you imagine? And you have to snuggle up with someone you're not attracted to. Dig deep there and see if you can find someone. (laughs) Someone you're not attracted to, you need to lay next to. Well, actually, it would be your in-law, so it would be Timmy. Oh. It would be Timmy's sister. I don't know how that works. No, it wouldn't be. It would be your direct It's her spouse's sister. So this would be like you and Tracy. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> Laura meets a rando on the train. I feel Laura right now because you always get that rando that's going to be a talker. Every once in a while, you get the talker. Now, this guy's name, again, like like the naming, we've talked about the naming of randos on the show. Like, oh, Clay smokes a clay pipe. And this guy drives the stagecoach, so his name is Steve Coach. Well, this guy's name is Mort car stairs <laughs> oh is he dead like i don't know what the word for death in french <laughs> he <laughs> looked latin, i looked latin. i looked this actor up and couldn't find him but he looks just like now i never really watched this show but he kind of looks like the dude from mash so you're saying he looks like a dude from a show that you never really watched mm-hmm. okay Mm-hmm. Mash is one of those things you don't have to watch. It's kind of in the zeitgeist. It's just, it's just there. Yeah. Yeah. It's accessible to everyone. So he immediately knows her story. She's happily married, heading away to summer school, and he's like, oh, that's disappointing. Oh, that Laura lo- offers up all this personal information instantly, or at least confirms it. Who's that sound like? Me. No. <laughs> Who's that sound like? Here's oh, all guys. my information. <laughs> Guys, oh my god, wait, let's take a break and tell this story. Jenny was, where were you? I don't know, Germany. No, I think you were back. You're setting up for your shows today, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So Jenny's, Jenny was out this week setting up for her show. So she was doing that. And all of a sudden I get this text from my mom and it's a screenshot of a text that she got. Can I just and say, was, first of all, though, this is my art show. I'm not doing some, like, comedy stand-up or anything. Jenny's doing sidewalk theater. Yes. <laughs> um. So my mom sends this screenshot of this text she got that is clearly a phishing text. And it's like, your bank account's been hacked. Please call this number right away. So she goes, does this look real to you? And I said, Mom, just call your bank directly. Ignore yes. this message. Hang up, call your bank directly. She's like, well, I called the number and I left my social security number <laughs> and my bank information on an answering machine. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't understand because she knows better than this. I don't understand. This is a woman. Mom, I know you're listening. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to credit you with this. This is a woman who could have a PhD in criminology by now. Yeah, I if know. they counted all of her credits. Of watching every single show. <laughs> I don't know what happened. No, you know what? I, I blame her generation for this because they just, they trust institutions. Like it's in their DNA to trust like the government and trust banks and tr- like that's just, they just trusted institutions. Like our generation did not trust anyone or anything. And like, she just doesn't have that. Like that generation no. just doesn't have that like skepticism. No. So anyway, Laura pulls a mom and starts giving this guy all her private information. She's going to kill you. So we find out that this rando, Mort Carstairs, 
Uh, I can imagine Michael Landon sitting in the writer's room like, we now name this guy. And he looks outside and sees a staircase and a car next to it. And he's like, more car stairs. Yeah, there you go. Yep. So he does this every two years. He gets fired from a teaching position, heads to this big conference, uh, networks, and then gets a job. And I just wrote, this dude is weird and a clear and obvious match for Eliza Jane. Because he talked about how, like, he... Everything's going fine. And then wham, like everything's bad. And I'm like, he gets little house. He gets little house. And then he goes to his conference and starts over again. <laughs> he seems like a little psycho. Yeah, he was off-putting at first. Yeah. I was like, mm, this guy makes me a little nervous. But Laura loves a good weirdo, so. And Laura's just super kind. Mm-hmm. You know, she's an empath. She, she feels his pain. She loves a good weirdo. Loves a good mm-hmm. weirdo. Mm-hmm. By the way, I'd like to recommend real quick, uh, there's a show on Hulu called The Deep End. It's about Teal Swan, this woman who's basically created a cult. And I can't help but think that I need to keep a check on myself because I could easily fall for this cult. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Laura totally would. All right. So Laura arrives. Eliza Jane's super excited to see her. She introduces Eliza Jane to Mortimer Carstairs. That name is fucking ridiculous. Okay. We're over that. <laughs> God. (laughs) They get acquainted. They head off to their hotel. Now, at some office, I guess it's at the university or wherever they are, Laura's told there's no tutoring jobs available. And I just wrote, wait a second. Isn't This is when it hit me. Isn't Laura pregnant? Is she spending the whole summer here? Like, what's happening? Well, and also, can I just, can we discuss that this town looks familiar? Was this set from like one of the Gold Rush episodes or something? I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. That's a good point, Jane. It's probably from the, the gold rush. Yeah, one. it's definitely from one of them. Yeah. So later, Liza, Jane, and Laura are going to dinner, and a handsome older man smacks into Eliza Jane from behind and knocks her over. Jenny, what are your takes on this man? How First of all, how does Eliza Jane have all this money to spend? Oh, right. She has no kids. <laughs> I um, need to know if you think this guy's hot. Yeah, I mean, he looks familiar. I was going to, like, look him up. His name is Joe Lambie. I don't know if he did anything else. He really didn't. I looked him up, too. Not much. He was on a bunch of soap operas. Mm-hmm. We'll so we can talk about that in a little bit. Um, yeah, but he's, he's he is objectively handsome. He's very hot. He's got the chiseled jaw. The, the Like, he's just my type, and 100%. Eli- and Eliza Jane is, like acting like a weirdo she always like turns into a 13 year old kid yeah it's guys it's real weird so liza jane's like staring at him and she's like laura do you believe in love at first sight because this is going to be the best summer ever and i just wrote hot girl summer for liza jane well the first like i don't want to sound mean or insensitive oh boy (laughs) oh boy (laughs) but like does liza jane really think she's in his league like what that would be like me like like smacking into Jason Momoa and being like, oh, I got a chance with him. Like, no, you don't. <laughs> like, why does she think she has a chance with anyone? Like, okay, like gonna... just anyone. Like, Mort, sure. That, that, she has a chance with Mort. But, like, this guy's, like, he's, like, dating all these, like, hot, like, 25-year-old women. Like, he's at the table. Like, there's no way. Come on, Eliza Jane. Come Gen on. Gen X pro tip. Know your, know your station. <laughs> yeah, I'm, just, I'm just saying, like, like, could could they end up together? Sure. But, like, for her to assume that, like, it could just totally yeah, happen no, feels... I, I, 
Dude, I'm totally like with you. Yes, I agree 100%. Like, it's not out of the realm of possibility, but it's unlikely. Like, I mean, if you crashed into this guy, would you be like, yeah, this is going to happen? I definitely hmm. would not be. Hmm. I would be like, yeah. Okay. I don't know, because I would feel like I could woo him with my literature Okay, but say you didn't have any personality either. Like, let's say he was a mathematician. (laughs) Okay, yeah. No, I would not. I would be like, okay, he's out of my league. I'm not even looking. But also pretend you have no personality, because Elijah has personality. (laughs) Right? She's got... I mean, she's smart. That's all she's got really going for. Like, she she doesn't have any game, right? And she knows that. Like, she doesn't have any game. She doesn't have the looks. What? How is she going to win this guy over? Which is really weird because I always say when you grow up, like I grew up as a little fat girl and I feel like I've had to really work on developing every other aspect of my personality because of that. And I've never had, I've never been able to like easily trade on my looks. So like you would think Eliza Jane could be like funny and you know, confident, like you would think that her personality would be amazing because she's never had the ability to trade on her looks. Well, I mean, we don't know what she looked like when she was like really young. I mean, she's pretty, but you know what? Maybe she's just she's so damn awkward. Like, yeah, maybe she's one of these it. people that if she had a great personality. Yeah, it'd be fine. She yep. she would look beautiful as well. Yeah. Like her her awkwardness influences her beauty. I agree with you. Yeah, 100%. like the whole, the whole package is this very... Like for somebody like Mort works completely fine. Like that all works. Yeah. Yeah. And he's a Mort nice guy. Is, Mort is like somebody I'd be into probably if I was Eliza Jane. I'd be like, he's cute. Yeah. Anyway. She and wants you know this what? like let me tell you something about Mort. She's out of she's kinda out of his league, right? Yeah. Yep. And he would worship her. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Yep. But like is I mean, looks wise, I don't know. That's a close competition, I feel like. But like when he's talking later about like all the shit he's accomplished like he's kind of a good catch he's a really good catch and jenny don't forget all eliza jane has to do is take off her glasses boom instant babe (laughs) okay (laughs) haven't you been paying attention all right go on all right so now we see elijah jane and mortimer they're hanging out outside the school and he's telling her he always wanted to be an inventor and he's just kind of going on laura arrives and says guess what bitches i got a job washing dishes yeah, okay. of course. So Liza Jane spots her mystery man and she's like, oh my God, there he is. Oh my God, there he is. Oh my God. So she discovers, Jen, he's the professor. Well, of course. Well. Now, you know I have an inclination to be hot for teacher. So this just made <laughs> yes, him 10 do. times hotter yep, to me. You do. Okay. So Eliza Jane, I must have watched too much of that Van Halen video. <laughs> I, I hope not. So Liza Jane runs right up to him and makes a fool out of herself. She's like, blah, blah, blah. She's so weird. Like, this is what I mean. Like, that exchange was super awkward. Super awkward. Super awkward. The dude intros himself to the class as Professor Wostahoff. Okay. And I just just have written here, writers are insufferable. (laughs) I'm all into this. (laughs) After class, Mortimer is pulling out all the dad jokes to get Eliza Jane to notice him. Like he's just tripping over himself. And Eliza Jane begs Laura to invite Professor Wostahoff to dinner because, see, Laura's married, so she wouldn't be automatically labeled a tramp. Right. Whereas Eliza Jane would be. Yeah, which is ridiculous. Okay. So Professor says, yeah, okay. Laura comes back. She's like, he said yes. But did you catch how he was looking Laura up and down when she walked away from him? Oh, God. It was so gross. 
<laughs> and Jen, I just wrote, Eliza Jane must be burning up that journal with yeah, her dirty oh, smut right. mind here. That's right. I forgot about the journal. <laughs> so now they get to dinner and Mortimer is there at Laura's invitation. And this is totally a double date. Mortimer and Eliza Jane are on one side and Laura yeah. and the hot professor are on the other side. And the professor and Laura are like having some weird exchange. And he blatantly asks Laura out he's right macking, in front of everybody. He's macking on Laura hard. Yeah. Like it's so obvious. Yes. Yeah. And he wants her to go to the museum on Friday. Maybe they're going to your art show, Jenny. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. It's not a museum, but yeah, maybe. Okay. So Laura invites Eliza Jane. She's like, yeah, we'd love to go. Right, Eliza? Everyone invites themselves to this art show. <laughs> Great. And then we have a weird scene with Mortimer doing some bird calls. Yeah, what was that? I don't that know, just... but let me tell you something. It was driving me crazy. Well, but I feel like they just had something in there to make him seem awkward, but he doesn't he doesn't seem awkward, even though he was doing that weird ass thing. Like Eliza Jane plays awkward well. Yeah. Like it's painfully awkward. I agree with you. So now we see Laura with her new boss. Did you recognize the new boss, Jen? I have an index card. <laughs> Sally Spectra? Why is Mrs. Pierce triggering scared feelings in me? <laughs> like as soon as she I is... saw her, this like wave of fear went through me. Because she's Rose from Young and the Restless. So I'm like, who yes. is this woman? She's definitely terrorized me in my lifetime. Do you point. remember she kept Nina in the attic with her baby? Yes. Okay. Mrs. Pierce is placed by Darlene Connolly. Mm-hmm. She Conley, sorry. She is best known for her portrayal of Sally Spectre on The Bold and the Beautiful, a role for which she received two Emmy nominations. She was born on July 18th, 1934 in Chicago and died in 2007 in LA. She was 72 years old. She also starred in General Hospital as Trixie, mm-hmm. The Young and the Restless as Rose DeVille, mm-hmm. Days of Our Lives as Warden Edith Baker. Mm-hmm. She also starred in Gunsmoke, The Mary Tyler Moore Show, and the miniseries... Robert Kennedy and His Times. Ooh. From wait 19- a minute. Let me write that down. <laughs> I knew you'd be into that. Her first feature film was Alfred Hitchcock's masterpiece in Amy's favorite movie, The Birds, 1963. Mm. Never saw it. She's the only soap opera star to be chosen by Madame Tussauds to have her character, Sally Spectre, displayed. It's in L.A. and Amsterdam. Mm. Okay. So... If you remember, now I'm probably going to get this a little bit wrong, so correct me, guys, but she ran like a school or a home for runaway girls. Yeah, always and Nina, a bad time. And Nina came there and she was pregnant and she like kept her locked up in the attic and then remember. like sold her baby, Philip. There was some, there was some selling of babies for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, to, it was dark. To, to put myself back in that place, it was gnarly. She was dark. Like, I just remember her being very scary. <laughs> yes, she was. Now, as Sally Spectre, she wasn't terrible. Didn't she terrorize Sheila? Wasn't that like her big... No, part? she... No, Stephanie Forrester. Oh, right. Yes. The two okay. matriarchs yes. going at it. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Jen, in the background, I don't know if you caught this, there's a little bit player, and it's Leslie Landon, who later comes yes. on the show as Etta Plum. Yeah, that's Jane. Yep. Or yep. Pam. I'm sorry. Her name is Pam. Pam. All right, so in class, Laura shows up late and she has not read A Song of Myself oh, by Whitman. God. And I feel seen here because I can't tell you how many times I've shown up to class and haven't read what I need to. 
The reason she didn't read it is she and Eliza Jane are sharing books, and Eliza Jane had them. Okay. So, so let me get this I straight. I never shared books with people in school, but Jen, who listens to this podcast and is in the Mimi Bees, and I shared homework. Mm. So she would do some of the homework, and I would do some of the homework, and then we, like, all you had to do was, like, show the completed homework to the teacher mm-hmm. walking by your desk, mm-hmm. and we would show the same stuff, and they never would know. Okay. Like she chote in period two and I chote in period six. And like they wouldn't mm. know it was the same thing they were looking at. That's true. I used to have to do the math homework though, but she basically mm. did all the other homework. I imagine Ken did all the stuff with humanities attached. She to just it. did all the homework basically. Like, dis- like describe a feeling. And Jenny's just staring at the page. What school did you go to? No wonder why you're bad at math. <laughs> describe a feeling. Meanwhile, hey, I'm an I'm, English I'm, major. Meanwhile, I'm doing analytical geometry. Jenny, so let me get this straight. So the reason Laura has to borrow has to borrow books is because she, at her new job, is not going to get paid for the first three weeks. Yes. So Eliza Jane has money to blow on dinner, but trying not to, to buy get, Laura books, right? But not loaning Laura money to yeah, buy just books. Just her the money. It's ridiculous. Fuck you, dude. Okay. So he sees Laura after class. The professor. He's like, I want to see you. You haven't read a song by myself. You know, whatever. Or a song of myself. So he calls her up after class and he macks on her in a big way. And it's real weird. And I'm going to say why. Okay. He's like, I want to, I want to see you. I want to be with you. I'm in candlelight dinner. I want some candlelight dinners, (laughs) but nothing, nothing too bad. Like Like, I don't want to bang you. But like, that's it. Totally. How how weird is this? (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, it's and like a like, sanitized version of that movie with Robert Redford and Demi Moore. Then she's like, indecent proposal. Yes. And then she's like, I'm married. Like, he didn't already know that. Mm-hmm. Of course, like, everyone was married, and she's probably wearing a wedding ring. And mm-hmm. oh, clearly, she's married. And he's like, I'm married too. <laughs> God. Yeah, he's like, I'm married too. That doesn't Put matter. your small ta- town values behind you. Yeah, it's like the version of it's decent proposal. Because well, it's he, like, I want to mac on you, but I don't want to see your boobs. Well, and then he's like, put your small town values behind you. He's in like some metropolis of some tiny town in, in Arizona. Like, calm down, dude. That's not what he says, Jenny. He says, you are on the verge of awakening. Oh, God. You just need to put your small town values aside. And I want to be the one to broaden your world. I wrote, I'm here for this. I would have like, been like ripping my clothes off. Like, like come, where do we start? <laughs> come to like the Sodom and Gomorrah of Tempe, Arizona. Like whatever. Oh, God. Jenny, on, I would have been totally into this dude. <laughs> like anybody First of could all, say just the cheesiest shit to this, me. And I this, is, this is not realistic at all. I just want no. to state that for the record. Because the, the professor that's doing this is always like gross and nasty and never good looking. A hundred percent. Correct. A hundred percent. So she rebukes him and he calls her provincial. And then of course he threatens to fail her. Yep. Of course. Um, now as if Laura's job isn't terrible enough, Eliza Jane storms in and she's harassing her about not going to the art show. Why are you not going to the art show? I can't go with him myself. He would never do that. He wants to in, uh, preserve my integrity. Whatever. She calls Laura and she storms off. Or she calls Laura selfish and she storms off. Fuck you, Eliza Jane. Yeah, fuck you, Eliza Jane. Eliza Jane, come closer. Fuck you. Okay. 
So back in their room, Eliza Jean's being a real dick bag. She says Laura is sabotaging her relationship. <laughs> I get, like her delusional relationship with this man who doesn't even know she's alive. Now, in Amy's ongoing segment, how honest communication can solve a problem, all Laura has to say is, he was macking on me. And it yeah. was gross. Yeah. But she doesn't say that. Nope. Of course. So now in class, William is picking on Laura and asks her about, it's like the next day, asks her about Emerson's take on the scholar. Okay. I just want to say, is this, this is such intellectual masturbation. Like, is this what you guys do in writing class? Yeah. What's the role of the scholar? Yeah. Like, this is a, this is a literature class. A hundred percent a circle jerk for the <laughs> professor's ego. A hundred percent. Yep. Ugh. So she's and this is where a lot of my like love for older white men has been ingrained in me in these oh, types of God. classes that i needed to literally be deprogrammed Meanwhile, from my english degree in art class we're eating paste <laughs> <laughs> so she says emerson believes that you need to trust yourself he's such and an ass i hate this guy the professor reams her out and calls her pedestrian. He does this, which I guess is like the worst thing you could be called like in oh, English or literature class. Yes. I want to say something. This is a thing. <laughs> like if you call a writer pedestrian, that oh, is the worst thing you could be called. I have to keep that in mind. Yes. So his answer, or he goes, your answer is simplistic. And when you're older, maybe you'll understand oh, some of this shit. Man, what a dick. Oof. Now, at work, Laura is reading a book, and Sally Spectra sees it and rips it <laughs> Laura would kill for an audiobook right now. Now, Eliza Jane, <laughs> I call her, Eliza Jane, the huge, emotionally unre unregulated asshole, shows up in Laura's room, and Laura is sleeping. Eliza Jane wakes her up and tells her, okay, I'm ready to hear you out about the professor. Like, tell me what you know. But just then... Eliza Jane gets a knock on the door and somebody's delivering her daisies. Now we had a quick scene before where Laura told Mortimer a, a daisies are Eliza Jane's favorite flower. So the yes. flowers are clearly for more clearly. Cares, Obviously. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Eliza Jane thinks they're from William and Laura's like, let me tell you about him. He made a pass at me. He's into me. I'm just letting you know. She's like, you're wrong. You're from a small town and you don't know how sophisticated people talk. <laughs> what, do people think go, what do people think goes on in cities? That's what I want to know. <laughs> well, wait a minute. First of all, doesn't Eliza Jane come to Laura for advice all, all the, time? the time? She's like a 13-year-old girl. Yeah. Okay. So I just wrote, Laura's probably thinking, you think he's the first 30-year-old creeper I've dealt with? Yeah, I seriously. live with your brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. So, hey, everyone, I'm a creeper. So Eliza <laughs> Jane runs out crying. Oh, okay. God. Now, this whole time, guys, no one is mentioning Laura's pregnant. Yeah. No. What the nothing. fuck? Mm -mm. Did they just forget so, about that accidentally in a couple episodes and then they'll get back to it? I, I guess so. So outside, Mortimer catches up with Laura. She's crying. She tells him she just wants to go home. And Mortimer gives her a really good pep talk. He's a good dude. He's a good dude. Yep. He's a really good dude. I feel like he's the nice guy just getting overlooked for the dick bag, like usual. Okay. 
Laura goes back to work and suddenly she's killing it. She is ripping through these dishes. <laughs> Everything is spotless. Sally Spectre is really pleased. <laughs> and she pays Laura. <laughs> she gives her a job at her magazine. Didn't she like run a magazine company or not? I told yeah, her she, that she ran Spectra Fashions, okay. Jenny. Yes, yes. It, they were the competitor for Forrester. <laughs> She but hires Sally Laura as was a always editor. Sally had like her henchmen were Clark and Darla, <laughs> right. and she was always stealing designs from Forrester. Oh my god, that was the whole thing. Okay, I loved that time period of soap operas, <laughs> and in fact, I I have here the the professor was actually okay. Now this is going to take you back. Do you remember on Guiding Light when Ian Ziering was on it? Steve from Nine Hundred Two One Zero. Mm, not really he was cam and he was involved with dinah mm, kind of sort of okay maybe. so i was reading about his character because this dude played his father oh okay so i was reading about it and it's hilarious to read about a soap opera plot like objectively without a lot of context is hilarious because it's yeah. like and then he caught him snorting cocaine with his partner <laughs> and then it's like oh my god so anyway so laura gets her paycheck and she she gets pissed off and she's like look if i want to wash dishes i'd go watch wash them for my idiot husband she quits like i'm not doing this and i'm quitting and she pushes sally spectra because sally spectra gets handsy with her be careful because sally spectra will sell that baby that you're gonna birth <laughs> <She> <laughs> Now Laura and Mortimer go to class together and Laura tells Mort that Eliza Jane hasn't spoken to her in two weeks. How awkward is that when you share a room? You're sharing a bed. <laughs> yeah. You have to actively work at not talking to that person. She's an asshole and she's a really unlikable character. I just have to throw that out there. Yeah. Now we meet Ralph Waldo Emerson. The greatest of all American writers. That's how he's announced. Uh, okay. So he's introduced. Okay. How do you I feel mean, about one that? of. He gives a talk about self-reliance. Okay, so we get a little bit. Of this that. is so 19th century America, right? Triumph of man over nature. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Afterwards, Mort and Laura are hanging out drinking a soda, and Mort can't figure out why the teacher turned on Laura like he did. Oh, hmm. come on, Mort! Can't figure this out. In class, after everyone has gone, Eliza Jane approaches the professor and thanks him for the daisies. Okay, now this is something, guys. Because he goes, what are you talking about? And she He's... goes, I know you're married, but doesn't matter. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like, it, it, well, and he's kind of like, say what now? Yeah, he, he's like clearly confused. But here's the part I didn't get. So she knows he's married. In the meantime, some young woman interrupts them like, oh, hey, William, I'm here for us for dinner. You know, whatever. Yeah. And Eliza Jane, instead of shutting her goddamn mouth, because that could be his wife. Right. Continues very loudly. Yes. With her her uh, love for him. Well, I think it was it, real weird. he addressed her, though, by like a name that clearly that wouldn't be his wife. So I think she knew it wasn't his wife. Oh, that was okay. I missed that part. Okay. So finally, he's leaving with this young piece of ass. And Eliza Jane's like, well, wait a minute. Did you send me the flowers? And he's like, I have no oh, clue what you're talking about. Don't know what you're talking about. Don't know what you're talking about. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Now Liza Jane is moping at the train station. As you do. <laughs> Mortimer shows up, and he's like, why are you leaving? And she said... I suppose, no, she she does this whole thing. Suppose you had a friend who you accused of terrible shit, but you were really the asshole. What would I, what would you do? Didn't Laura do this to him not too long yes. ago? Yes, yeah. yes. And Mortimer's like, you got this, girl. You got this. I feel like, like again, Mortimer is their, like, gay best friend. Yes, again, Mortimer, there with the solid advice. I like him so much. And also, is moping at the train station, like, the, the like... <laughs> The small town, 18th century version of crying on the subway. Oh, maybe. Or yeah. crying in the Target parking lot in your yeah. car apartment. Yep. Mm-hmm. So Eliza Jane heads back to Laura and she apologizes. And they decide they're going to ace that final exam. And then they're in the classroom and they're getting back their blue books, which Amy knows her oh, way around the blue God. book. No, I remember those. Fuck. Jesus. Yeah. Mortimer gets an A. Eliza Jane gets a B. Now, we also learn in this time that Mortimer used to teach this class. Yeah, what's Mortimer up to, man? What's he doing? (laughs) He's brilliant. And Jen, we don't know what Laura got, but it ain't good. Right. Because she stands up and she decides to confront the teacher in the middle of the class. Don't do that. Don't ever do that. (laughs) She says, I don't understand. And he goes, you're right. You don't understand. No, what a dickbag. Mortimer, hero, in the meantime, stands up and says, 
your paper, her paper's correct. First of all, there's no correct answer in an English paper. Yeah. I'm just going to throw <laughs> like, that right out there. It's not math. So he's like, your paper's correct. And then they have what I call an academic off. (laughs) (laughs) If you guys don't think that this shit still happens, it 100% still happens. So professor's going, I'm from Yale. Mortimer's going, well, I'm a Harvard man. Well, I was at Cambridge. Well, I was at Oxford. Like, it's a whole Uh, thing. Okay. I, uh, I was on the debate team. I, I was editor of the, of the paper. It's ridiculous. So then I wrote, oh my God, now they're challenging each other to a fist fight. I'm like, and oh the my God, are they going to running outside? I'm like, oh my God, are they going to fight? I'm so disappointed in all of them. <laughs> disappointed? I was but at excited. Least something, but at least something's finally happening, right? Mm-hmm. You don't know how much I would have given to see a student. <laughs> Challenge one of my and just punch them out. Fight. Yeah, that would have been amazing. Now they go outside, and typical, you know, growing up on the mean streets of Scranton, Pennsylvania, everyone's around screaming, "Fight, fight, fight!" It's like they're all hopped up, ready to go. They actually start fighting, and Mort punches him out. Well, first of and all, I knew this was going to happen because if you're watching them, like Mort takes a stance like this, and he's he's got his hands in front of his face mm-hmm. and the the douchebag guy has mm-hmm. his hands like here so he doesn't know how to fight that's clear for and I'm those like, of you not them. watching which is all of you <laughs> uh the professor has his hands down by his waist well they're like at his chest which yeah. is not protecting your face so you're gonna get knocked the fuck out so you're saying by their stances i could tell that he fought uh, he's a fighter okay. that okay. was a fighter so, like, what if I just showed up with my claws out? Like, I'd be like, she's going to gonna get her fight. ass kicked. She's going to get her ass kicked. Yeah. All right. So, Mort punches him the fuck out. And he's like, oh, by the way, I'm also a boxer. Dun, dun. The professor's like, guess what, motherfucker? I'm not recommending you for a job. <laughs> really? After I punched you in the face? I thought you might still <laughs> recommend me for a job. And Eliza Jane's like, well, there's a position at my school. And if you'd like to move to Minneapolis. So it's now Eliza Jane interested because he punched this guy in the face. Eliza Jane, you are a 13 year old. She's 100% a 13 year old. Yep. So now at the trade station, Eliza Jane and Mortimer, who seem like they're a couple now, are seeing Laura off. Well, and the best is like Liza Jane's like, I hope this wasn't like too terrible of summer. You tell Laura's like, this was baller. Like, I had a good time. <laughs> well, and Laura, like, again, was conveniently not pregnant for this trip. Yeah. How's that so, work? There you go. So Liza Jane's like, I hope you had a good time, even though you failed the class. <laughs> and Laura uh-huh. goes, it's okay. Learning is more important than grades. Really, Laura? Because really? you don't teach that no. way. Nope. And let's just say I have learned a lot. Yeah. And a lot about what not to do. Of episodes. Well, well, no, then Laura asked for a ticket to Walnut Grove and he's like, round trip? Or first of all, there's no train to Walnut Grove. So does the ticket include right. does the ticket right. include transfer to the stagecoach? So you could tell I've been traveling and I'm interested in this. Right. It has to go to Sleepy Eye. Let's go to Sleepy Eye and then just take the stagecoach. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Jenny, whose fault is this? This is Manly's fault. Oh, whoa! <laughs> hey, everybody, on that fault. 
fault? Why? <laughs> I don't know. I just like to blame him for shit. Because <laughs> he has borderline personality disorder and one minute he lets her do whatever she wants and the next minute he's like a man baby? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Um, I have this is Eliza Jane's fault because she's a fucking idiot. So Jenny, at the end of every episode, we look back on a theme or a lesson, something we took either from the rewatch or watching this originally. I did not remember this when it aired no, originally. No, I didn't either. No. Um, although I do think the professor looked like Mark Harmon and I would have remembered that anyway. So we call it our why it's designed to finish the sentence. Gen X, this is why, what is your why for this episode, Jenny? My why is this is why toxic masculinity needs to become a historic relic like Emerson. (laughs) (laughs) Emerson who gave that, that lecture from beyond the grave. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Like of course they end up fighting. Like, of course they do. Like mine is similar. So let me say mine. And then we have, you know, overall conversation. This is why academia needs to rid itself of old white men who tell us how to see the world. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I mean, you're fresh off of this. (laughs) I was legit brainwashed as an undergrad. Yeah. And when you go back as appear to these people, which you Mm. never are, you never appear to these people. It's real weird because that dynamic is still in play. Mm hmm. Ugh, it's icky and gross. But of course they have to fight. Of course they do. And of course they have to have an academic off. Well, I mean, that at least made sense in the context of it. But then like, oh, like when when that, like the toxic masculinity kicked in, when they're like, oh, I've been bested, like, oh, let's just fight now. Yeah. And then he still was bested on that, which is kind of hilarious. But yeah. Yep. Um, I just feel like. I'm fresh off of academia. I have so much to say about it. <laughs> it's toxic. It's slow moving. It's degrading to women. It's, I mean, there's so much of it that is problematic for me. It's exploitative of, of labor. It's, yep. it's real bad. And I went into it like just working in academia. was like my dream always. And I have been sufficiently scarred and someday i'll talk more about that <laughs> right can't wait for that i'll look forward right, to that Jenny. maybe you could do that maybe you could talk about how scarred you are by academia on amy's uh variety hour i don't think we're ever gonna get there so we're I'm at 96 safe. we're at 96 we're pretty safe nice check. Yeah. jenny i had an idea for patreon what's up jenny strikes back you make me watch something that you know i'll hate <laughs> okay so like a show about math a beautiful mind i loved a beautiful mind stop <laughs> loved it no sci-fi though pie sci-fi. i'll make you watch pie that movie you would hate that the life of pie no pie okay pi like you know pie 3.1415926563 yeah. i know it's yeah. to nine digits well okay but what is the movie about it's what's his name it's aaron uh What's his name? Sorkin? No, God. No. Aaron Sorkin, you need to make a movie about it's from 19. Pie. It's uh, Darren Aronofsky. No, Mm-mm. not happening. Um, I still want to do Rock of Love, so hopefully we're getting to that. But what it's are we the, doing next? It's the neo-noir psychological thriller. No. What are we doing next? I don't even know. What's the next episode? Oh. <laughs> are we doing the next episode wow gambini Gambini the great of course we are episode six gambini the great 
aging circus daredevil Gambini the Great has a hypnotic effect on the children of Walnut Grove, especially Albert and Willie. A tragedy during one of Gambini's stunts will provide a chilling lesson in hero worship. Oh my god, I'm there. I'm there for this. 100%. And I don't know what this tragic accident is, but if Pa is saving him from it, I'm there. I think everyone on the set needs to learn a lesson in hero worship about Michael Landon, (laughs) but okay. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. If you haven't already, check out our Patreon. The link is in the show notes. So just go to this episode, click on the link, sign up. If we get to 100 patrons, we're going to do Amy's Variety Hour. Who knows what that's going to look like? We'll see. If you haven't already, check out our Facebook group, The Mimi Bees, where uh, you can join and be kept up to date on what's coming up and make fun of Jenny occasionally. I like doing that. Uh, Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.